welcome back. <laughs> that was so smooth. <laughs> it's Ollie, and always as, as and as always, I'm joined by Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, Ollie. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Um, just another Sunday afternoon. I'm gonna go see Don't Worry, Darling today. Oh, like... same. I'm going to see it this week. Okay, nice. Um, maybe we can do that next week. We'll do that next week in New York, live from New York. So yeah. Oh shit! You're coming to visit. Are you excited? I'm super excited. I'm also excited to get away from the cold. I don't know how warm New York is, but Montreal is freezing right now. You have to wear a jacket to go outside. Oh, New York is super fucking rainy. So we'll see. Yeah, I was kind of worried the hurricane would hit as we were going. (laughs) The hurricane hit New York. But like sometimes they come up that high, right? New yeah, I mean it's flooded in the past. Tampa up, like no, it's already it's already past North Carolina though. It's on its way. It's coming for us. When I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure when we're in New York, it's gonna get pretty bad. Anyway, a fun weekend planned ahead, which in which we will record an episode. I will bring my equipment. Okay. Yeah. Um, but enough about next episode. Let's get back to this episode. This ep- let's live in the moment. Let's live in the moment and talk about. One of the most hyped horror films of this year, uh, which I saw a trailer for a gazillion years ago and then totally forgot about. And then Anna last week was like, Ollie, go see this movie. Um, so we're talking about Barbarian. The, Barbarian. Uh, the, what's the director's name? Uh, Zach Kreger horror film um, starring Georgina Campbell as the lead Tess, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, and uh it's the richard actor, richard Brake, Brake as the like, old man he's like the old man in like every horror movie yeah oh like, man he just has the face but anyway anna take us away with a little uh synopsis i mean yeah also i don't think we want to spoil this one because it's no so- sorry yeah no spoilers no spoilers so there's not really a ton to say so like you said tess is the main character she is in town she comes to like a new town. She goes to Detroit for a job interview. She arrives late night to her Airbnb only to find that the house has already been rented. It's been double booked by a strange man. And then against her better judgment, she decides to stay there, you know, just for one night kind of thing. And um, it just absolutely goes buck wild from there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then halfway through Justin Law or right justin long name of the actor yeah justin long aj shows up out of nowhere and the story takes like an even crazier mm-hmm. turn um yeah um it just came out it's an hour and 45 minutes perfect not long enough. perfect length um should we should we break it down should we get right in yeah i'm gonna have to be careful not to spoil anything i do have stuff i want to mention later though so maybe at the end we'll have a little spoiler section um but I can start off with my pro because mine's pretty simple. I love the use of darkness in this film. Ooh. There are like so many scenes where like there's like hallways, mm-hmm. corridors, and people walking through those corridors in like very little light. But you still can see like the slow like like shape of somebody forming in the distance. That is that effect is used perfectly many times throughout this movie, and it's terrifying. It's so so scary. So, yeah, that's a great point. There's a lot of, like, dark light contrasts in this movie. Wow. It, it's deceptively hard to film shots like that, like, when it's, like, really dark, but you can still kind of make out somebody. They have to, like, 
point small amounts of light to, to, to get because light is just reflecting off of you when you're down a dark hallway right so they have to like shine light in very spe specific ways to be able to get that effect and it's done masterfully this is a great example of like masterful lighting for horror cool i mean i bet i bet there are like whole books written on that exact topic bless you <laughs> you don't have to say bless you i mute myself for that reason wanted everyone to know that you <laughs> what about you anna what's your pro don't i look amazing in the lighting too you we should record amazing. during the day more often talk about lighting man um, what about you what's your pro my pro is like i think this movie is really innovative with horror tropes and um what you expect like i did not expect anything in this movie like what happens what ends up happening like really kept me on my toes which is so refreshing it has a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's a fan favorite. That's really high. Really high. Um, 7.6 on IMDb, so the it, critics are a little more critical. Critics, be they stay critical. They be critic criticking, <laughs> criticizing. Um, yeah, I just think that this, this movie is really cool, and it kind of plays on what you expect and uses that against you 100% every angle. Um, it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling. So I'll just... I have a point about that later. So we'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll talk about that later in the episode. Um, but yeah, so let's let's start poking some holes in this one, shall we? Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, the, the bad guy without the, the villain, yeah. the bad person, in this film um i mean we kind of already gave it away that he's an old man but whatever basically i feel like that villain maybe by design but is very broad and like kind of a nebulous character they don't really like put enough into that character in terms of like tying the themes of this movie and like what's happening to the other characters he he pops up out of nowhere about two-thirds into this movie and I feel like they didn't do enough to contextualize his character. Like, I get what his character is because it's like kind of the point of the movie. But at the same time, like he as a character doesn't really embody those themes very well. I feel like it's a little underdeveloped. Yes, he's super passive. Somehow. Very passive of a villain. And it's very bizarre. It's not. Maybe that's by design. Maybe we'll get into that later in the spoilers. But like, it's definitely seems deliberate that it's not you know uh like it's not obvious what he what he what's going on with him what's his fucking shtick <laughs> what the fuck is that guy's deal what's that guy's deal <laughs> <laughs> when you see the movie you'll think that's really funny of a take <laughs> um <laughs> what's up with that guy This is such an evil character. Like, <laughs> um, I completely agree with you. I had that like little feeling that you just perfectly described. Like right after I watched the movie, I couldn't put my finger on it. But yeah, that's I think that's definitely a takeaway. Um, my con is I think this movie suffers from the whole like main character in a horror movie makes shit decisions like absolutely yeah. the worst people choice. in the theater with us were like really audibly upset at some of the decisions that were being made yeah people around me would be like like no like what the fuck are you doing like um 
And it's so like, okay, you see like this at one point, she's like, should I go down into the creepy basement? And it's really dark and like everybody's intuition is telling them no, who's watching the movie. So you'd think that like this girl, if she had any sense, especially as a woman, were trained, but then that's also commentary, right? Like women are trained to overlook their intuition, blah, blah, blah. But you'd think like from a survival, like our reptile brains deep back in here, tell us not to do scary things, right? But I saw this on Twitter once that was like, it's unfair to assume that characters know what genre they're in. Wow, that's such a good, that's such a good line. So it's you that un- tattooed right here. <laughs> Chess piece. Chess piece. It's unfair to assume that this girl, Tess, knows that she's in a horror movie. Yeah, like, yeah, she, for all she knows, it's like just an empty basement. Or she thinks she's in a romance movie. She thinks this guy is like, oh, I just met the love of my life in this Airbnb. What a story. Yeah, and then he fell down the stairs and I had to go save him. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's just my con. But, like, honestly, at the end, it starts working a little bit. Her, like, stupidity and naive. Yeah. yeah. Damn. That's... You, like, peeked into the film analysis that, I was... that I'll bring up later. Um, with that whole uh, gender, um, like, gender commentary. Anyway. Yeah. Enough of the cons. Uh, do you have any trivia about this one? I have one little one. Um you want to go first? Sure. It's just a quick one. When he, when she's driving, when she first pulls up, there's like a shot that's just like on her, uh, on her, what's that called? Your rear view mirror. There's mm-hmm. like a snake, like dangling, like a, a snake charm dangling from her. And that's like her symbol or whatever. And then when it cuts to Dustin Long's character, the song that's playing on the radio that he's like jamming along to, he's singing about killing snakes and throwing snakes off a roof. Yo, what an Easter egg. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my piece of trivia. I don't have the voice box this week, but <laughs> what you about you, Anna? To New York. What? You Do you want to the- bring it to New York? Sure, yeah. I'll bring it. Um, that's a really good piece of trivia. Fuck. Okay, so the inception, like a little bit behind this movie. So Zach Kreger, the director, read the book. It's called The Gift of Fear which encourages women to trust their intuition when confronted by obviously dangerous men. So this guy uses it as kind of a writing exercise. Um, And so he starts developing this script. This movie started as like a one page spec of a woman who keeps ignoring red flags when encountering a man. Mm. Um, And then he liked it so much, he starts conceptualizing it as a movie. And Zach Kreger is really good friends with Jordan Peele. So Jordan Peele really helped shape this movie. He saw early cuts, you know, they were, I mean, if you're like, that's like having, that's like if you're trying out for your high school basketball team and like LeBron James is your uncle, (laughs) he's like, you're gonna, you're gonna ask for some lessons. Yeah. So yeah. Give me some synergy. (laughs) Um, AJ, Justin Long's character was originally offered to Zac Efron. Oh. I know. But a point that I saw in a YouTube video that I'll bring up later, basically like uh, the 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 actor is like Justin Long is like famous for like the nice like um, uh, the nice guy the uh, the like approachable guy like the best friend character, 
And so just like how this film breaks so many of your expectations, one of them that you breaks is the actors playing their roles. Like uh, um, Bill Skarsgård normally plays like um, yes. like weird characters. And so just because you he played like the clown in It, you expect him to be the villain from the moment you see him because he mm -hmm. looks scary. Mm -hmm. And then that defies your expectations. And then Justin Long's character is the opposite. Where like you're expecting him to be a nice guy, turns out he's a huge prick. And so like those are playing on the audience's knowledge of who the actor playing the character is. That's so meta. That's so meta. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Wow, wow cool. you actually just read my mind. Um the film, okay, so the fictional address of this Airbnb is four four seven six Barbary Street. Obviously, barbarian comes from that, but also the year 476 was when the barbarians invaded Rome. Oh. Um, well. Damn. Um, la, 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 la. <laughs> oh, when AJ goes through the luggage at the Airbnb, he's like rummaging around through their shit. He opens Keith's suitcase and there's a copy of Jane Eyre under his clothes which an element of Jane Eyre is also very present in this film. Being... It, I would spoil the entire movie if I said it. So I can't. Oh, I want to know. I don't know anything about Jane Eyre, so I want to know. Uh, maybe we'll get to that later. Yes. Um, but... Yeah, so... yeah that's it for trivia. There's not too much. Okay, so maybe then let's just jump into some, some analysis and that can lead us into talking about the ending. The film analysis that I did for this film Oh, uh, stems from uh, one. I, I needed to know answers. I need there wasn't there. It wasn't obvious after watching this one. So I, I went online. I did some reading on Reddit. And I also came across this video essay from this YouTube account with like 13,000 subscribers, like no views. Mm. Uh, the channel is called Lucas Blue. And he basically like did a ton of research, like kind of like you did, Anna, like background on Zach Kreger, like his, who his inspirations are. He's there's a lot of interviews with him about this movie and like how it developed over time from that short project. Um, and he has a phenomenal video essay. The kind of thesis of it is that Barbarian is a a film about uh, male privilege and how like there's a a duality between the ways that men um, like come to terms with that privilege, like like either you like kind of embrace it or you like reject it and uh that is like the barbarian in men is like this like weird like primal that uh side of you that like you kind of like don't know how to deal with um Ooh. like guilt of male pr privilege if that makes sense so uh his first point is that like at the intro of the film keith like i just mentioned uh bill skarsgård plays scary characters so you automatically start fearing this guy you also fear him, uh, Zach Kreger notes, because he's very tall and very imposing and has very weird mannerisms. He's, yeah, he's kind of twitchy. He's very twitchy and weird. And so, like, just based off, like, his characteristics as a as a man, you, like, these are, like, stereotypes of, like, a, a villain man. Yeah. But he's yeah. not a villain. In fact, he's the first spoiler alert territory, by the way. I'll add that in later. Um, he's the first one to go. Um and so this challenges your expectations on like can this guy be trusted you're the whole you you as an audience member have to like challenge yourself to be like you do i trust this man or not kind of. yeah and then the next character that you meet 
is AJ, who is the opposite. You trust him from the beginning because like Justin Long is such a nice guy. This character is very successful. He lives in Hollywood. He's an actor. He's very like rich. And so by default, you assume that this is a nice guy that I can trust. He's showing like emotions. Like he's very emotional. He's very like expressive. And so I think that puts people at ease. Mm -hmm. Um, He's short too. Short short guys are less intimidating than tall, lanky men. Um, but so yeah, I, so then the then Zach Cracker's doing the opposite, right? He's like deconstructing your expectations in the other way. He's like, oh, this is a guy you shouldn't trust, even though you do. So you've not trusted someone, but you should have, and then you're trusting someone that you shouldn't. Yeah, it makes you it makes you feel uneasy. Yeah, and then so his like kind of like where it all comes together is in the scene where AJ meets the old man Frank. Yeah, and like comes face to face with this like. Uh, there's a quote from Zach Kreger that's like, in my mind, AJ and Frank are the same person. <gasps> Frank is a crystallization of everything that's wrong with AJ. And AJ is confronting Frank. He's like confronting that barbarian part in him. Uh, and he's like d- looking at a deep, dark part of himself. Oh. And in the same way, Frank is looking at AJ and seeing like where it all went wrong. And that's why he kills himself is because he's facing the the like the guilt that has led him to this point whoa whoa oh my god that is so amazing that's wow that's really deep the final conclusion of this essay is that frank is the supernatural embodiment of the male predecessor uh and the horrors that modern men need to face in order to accept and inherit the male privilege that they like hereditarily inherit Oh my god, I'm gonna be thinking about this literally for the rest of my life. Wow. Like his actions include like grotesque violence, uh sexual abuse, torture, incense, pornography, necrophilia, mm-hmm. abduction, all the like consequences of the abuse of male privilege. <sighs> that's that's really deep. That's really heavy. That's definitely the centerpiece of this movie. You're right. Like, but it's course. incredible that they could put so much into such a simple concept of like a basement. This movie keeps <laughs> it pretty simple. Yeah. Which is but perfect. It's really, really good. It's <sighs> really, really good. So yeah, yeah that hearing all like these thoughts and these analyses and like c- coming to that conclusion that I just read to you, like this film is definitely worth watching. It's definitely a crazy freaking good. And so the ending obviously is that. Uh, uh, our main character, she she triumphs over, like she she's able to overcome. She's the only one that can overcome, and then that's by through, uh, by basically killing off the product of all those crimes, which is the mother, who's played by a man, by the way, which is very bizarre. So the, um, yeah, the main character really triumphs because instead of like doing everything to get away from the monster and like kind of killing your way to freedom she kind of takes a step back and she's like who am i really against here yeah who's the real bad guy here yeah it's not the mother the mother has been like nurturing me the mother is trying to put her titties in my face which is annoying but you know there are bigger fish to fry namely aj and i love how they do the female monster in this movie really because it's interesting, like whenever, like I can only name maybe a handful of movies that have female monsters. And the female monster is always grotesque in her appearance. 
right? Because femaleness is a lot of times predicated on like a woman's looks. Like you're more feminine if you're more beautiful, like shit like that. So I'm always interested in how female monsters are represented and how they're always like gross, right? Because like, I feel like there's an inherent dirtiness or disgustingness in womanhood. So I love how those things are tied together. Yeah. And my favorite part of this movie is when, spoilers, Justin Long is like talking about how he's changed. He came to realization he's like a bad person, but he doesn't have to be a bad person. He can choose to be good and do good things. Like he has yeah, this- maybe, maybe I'm just a good guy who did bad things. Like he's like having to face his demons, like having to face the fact that he has done so much wrong. And then the next, literally the next moment he is like pushing Tess off the roof to save himself. Yeah, like so it all goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crazy. So how would you change the ending? So yeah, new segment. Um, we're going to rewrite the ending if it needs rewriting. I actually think this movie ends really well. Like I think this is a perfect ending. Very satisfying. The end song is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> would you change the ending? No. Maybe in the future we should only do the segment if we do want to change the ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, if I could change one thing, I would definitely change um, uh, how they show, like, how, how they kill AJ. Like, hit her stabbing him through the eyes is just a really, like... like she smooshes. Not... Smushes him. She smushes him? Yeah. I thought she just, like, sho shoves her fingers in his eyes and then, like, rips him apart. I looked away because I just can't handle that, so I'm not Either really... way, whatever she did to him, it was not, like, satisfying enough. I was like, oh, give me more. I want it, like I want the goriness to be, like, epic, like, end of men. I want her to, like, like rip level. off his penis. That would have been... <laughs> yeah, that would have been epic. <laughs> that would have been really And then cool. you get, like, a close-up of Justin Long just going... <laughs> <laughs> and then they rip him in half. Or oh, I'm glad he died, though. Like, that's great. Uh, that had to happen. Yeah. That was that was the climax I was looking for. Um, definitely yeah. a violent movie. If you're not into horror movies, do not go see this. This is really scary. Really scary. A really good one. A lot of... Uh, actually, I forgot another con that I forgot to mention was the, mm -hmm. the fact that they put like... Uh, like, mute, like sound cues with the jump scares to make them extra jump scary. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? All the jump scares, there's like a piano note or like <laughs> a, a, a plate falling on the ground or like some random sound yeah. that, that they play along with the jump scare. It's like the jump scare was already scary enough. I don't need like this weird sound cue to tell me that I'm scared. The music in this movie is excellent. Excellent, excellent. excellent. The <sighs> when she like looks at the door for the first time is it's like a Jordan Peele style, like epically scary soundtrack. The soundtrack is so freaking good actually. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap this up then, shall we? Shall we? Rate on ten. Anna, take us away. I think this is one of the best movies of the year, Ollie. This shit is fire. Actually, fucking awesome. Um, giving it a nine and a nine point one because the music is really good. Nine point one. Yeah. This movie truly is like what this is all about. Like this podcast talking about horror movies, like horror movies have some of the best examples of like really good themes executed really well. I feel like the last few times we've talked about scarier movies on this pod, like 
they haven't mm-hmm. quite hit the mark and this one does it's like a really good idea really well executed and like uh it, it's the, it's the 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 ability that horror has to like haunt you with these like really deep and profound <laughs> messages um is so sick it's what it's the best part of watching these kinds of movies and uh this is a great great movie uh and a great wreck anna thank you for this wreck uh, i know i'm gonna give it a 9.2 <gasps> higher than anna fuck off I mean, it deserves it. It deserves it. It deserves all the praise. This is definitely going to be in contention when we talk about our top movies of 2022, which is almost starting to wrap up. We are in like peak movie season now. So there's going to be a lot of movies to talk about, okay. uh, including next week's episode, which will be about Don't Worry Darling. Look forward to that one. Let's do it. I'm going to I'm gonna get all the drama. I'm going to round it up and we're going to talk about it next episode. All right. So that was Barbarian. Please go watch this movie. Go. If you're going to like try and scare yourself for for Halloween, this is a good one. I also want to go see Smile, which also looks really scary. It comes out came out this week. So, okay, you guys, this movie is really scary, but it's still absolutely a movie you can go see by yourself on like a weeknight. You don't have to like mentally prep to watch this because it's scary, but it's super palatable. There's comic relief. The plot, like the pacing takes breaks. You know, it's not just like like a jump scare fest for two hours. So definitely don't be intimidated if you're not a horror fan. See it anyway. It's a really good movie. Palatable? Palatable? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had to bring that up. Um, That's what you got from that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I totally agree that it's it's definitely like... uh, There aren't that many jump scares. It's definitely a, a doable movie, even by yourself. The theaters was, were packed too. Not as packed as Don't Worry Darling. Don't Worry Darling was finishing as we showed up and there was like a sea of people. Two theaters full. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But this this movie is definitely like, uh, it's not quite as bad as, as some of the other horror movies we've recommended in the past. Um, so yeah, yeah, go check it out and then let us know. It's at Cinemascom Podcast on Instagram. Your thoughts on Barbarian. Also, um, um, I just want to give a quick shout out. Some of the, my work friends started following and listening to the podcast recently. No hey, guys. Hey, um, what's up? Thanks for your um, <laughs> If any of you want to be on an episode, uh, all you have to do is DM our Instagram with a movie idea because that's the hardest part of this job. So if you do it for us, we will pencil you in. We'll have you on. And uh, yeah, we'll talk your whatever movie you want. Yeah, um, if you want to do everything for us, that'd be great. Um, if you want to edit the podcast too, that would be great. Because um, I'm having a hard time finding time to do that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Anna, do you have any recommendations before we go? So I have an anti-rec. I have anti-rec. a heat. Go off, sis. Heat mail. <laughs> um, the new Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix. I don't like it. Why not? Be- okay. I'm watching it. You have? Yeah. I okay. want to know what you say. I don't know. I want to know what you think. Okay. I really like true crime. I love true crime. I consume so much true crime. Ryan Murphy is a great show producer. Evan Peters is a great actor. Like not, not hating on any of that. I just think that like, why do we keep making TV, limited TV series about serial killers? Like it's tired. Like there's like five shows about Je- uh Ted Bundy. This is like the second show about Jeffrey Dahmer in the last couple of years. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dahmer is, is gross and hate him. And instead of like 
focusing on like one of the white serial killers of the 70s that's been beaten to death already. Well, pun intended, because Jeffrey Dahmer like got his ass kicked in prison, like was killed. Really? I don't know anything about Jeffrey Dahmer, which is why I think my viewing of this is a little bit less uh, negative than yours. But I still don't. I feel I still do feel the tiredness of it all. Like it does feel kind of yeah. Exhausted. I just it's so tired. Um, so I I wouldn't recommend watching it. But would I don't know? Do you like it? It's okay. Yeah. It kind of satiates the the true crime appetite I've had. Yeah. But it's not definitely like not. Uh, it's nothing new. It's nothing revolutionary. It's pretty good. It's okay. It's well shot. It's kind of scary. Um. Do you have Rex? Uh. I watched. Uh. Mine's also an anti Rex. Fuck. Fuck everything else. Go watch <laughs> Barbarian. Because I'm gonna recommend, or I'm gonna not recommend, Licorice Pizza. Oh, okay. I've been waiting for a reason to hate this movie because I just kind of hate it. Let me you, know. What did the... you see it? No. It's, uh, I was on this PTA wave because we saw Boogie Nights and I was like, okay, let's give it a try. Very, very bizarre. Uh, um, what do you mean? I don't want to like get too into it because it's a really long movie too. And there's a lot of like cool ideas, but it's just overall, uh, just a movie about a 25 year old hooking up with a 15 year old. Like that's that's kind of just a weird love story and it Mm-mm. doesn't really have any reason to exist do you know what i mean like it, that's what i'm feeling like but i'm watching this movie like why did this movie exist <laughs> um so yeah a lot of bad stuff going on in the on the streaming platforms gotta get back in the movie theaters well that's what you guys have us to tell you what is good and what is bad exactly we are the defining the decisive factor in what you consume we are the we're the robert the roger ebert of netflix shows of netflix yeah exactly um yeah so that's it for this week's pod anna do you have any closing thoughts go see barbarian it's really really good um yeah definitely and i will catch you in new york next weekend okay yeah and i will catch all of you guys on this pod next week on Cinema Scum Podcast. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.